0: speed with which the money were entering and exiting the accounts was uh, suspicious but even more suspicious was how had the account been open in the bank without anybody questioning the flows and the usage of that account over his remarkable 30-year career Carlo
1: Appetiti's anti fraud and anti financial crime work with some of the world's most prominent financial institutions has played a critical role in the evolution of compliance. But at a time when financial crimes are increasingly sophisticated, the stakes have never been higher to elevate compliance in every organization. This is BCG on Compliance, a podcast that explores today's most pressing criminal trends and how compliance professionals are adapting to stay ahead of that curve. I'm Hanjo Seibert. Carlo Appetiti is a senior advisor with BCG. Over three decades specializing in banking compliance, Carlo has had pivotal roles at Deutsche Bank and UniCredit and currently sits on the board of several banks. In our first episode, Carlo and I explore some of the vital issues affecting compliance in today's financial institutions. How will artificial intelligence be a game changer in banking compliance? What is the next stage in the evolution of compliance? And what are some of the most extraordinary crimes Carlo has spotted and prevented over the years? In the banking world, Carlo was on the front lines of financial crime detection, where he unearthed some surprising criminal activity through his compliance roles?
0: I have to say, I was pretty lucky, because uh, over the last years, uh, I was in the middle of some uh, really big changes which affected the anti-financial crime and the compliance world, okay? And I recall some companies uh, being uh, dressed as management, consulting, image, uh, supporting companies and whatsoever, which in reality were hiding uh, prostitution, or other kind of illegal activities. And uh, the banks I was working for were able to detect some strange movements in the related accounts. For example, accounts being uh, immediately emptied after the, the money was flowing. But I had the perception that something bigger was going on. Could you elaborate on the prostitution ring topic? Because I I guess now
1: I would say as a listener to what you said, oh, that's super far away from me, but it it seems to be happening. And as a compliance officer in a bank, you seem to have seen it. So uh, how did that go about?
0: Well, think about uh, a company, which is basically presenting itself as a coaching slash talent management company and so on, from a instinctive perspective, it makes sense. But then when you look at the flows related to this company, when you do see, I don't know, the the internet site uh, and nothing specific is being presented on that internet site, for example, no press release about, I don't know, we we have the talent of this football player or of this uh, ski racer. If nothing like this happens and everything is pretty static, but the flows of the account have a peculiar path, especially after the weekend, you know. On Monday, you will see all of a sudden interesting flows of money, you know, into the account. And in some cases, money exiting elsewhere. Or if you see, you try to contact the company and there is a call center which is not answering, small signs, some experience-based indicators which first of all, should make an organization question where was my relationship manager when he or she opened that account? Did he or she simply trust a bunch of paper being presented by the book, eh? by these organizations and trusted that they were okay? Did he or she question the representatives of this company who brought the paper? the bank, or did he or she simply, okay, tick, 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 you know, double check, just check that all the papers were okay, and then he or she opened the account. I mean, we go always back, Angel, to the cultural topic and to the eternal balance between a business opportunity and the opportunity to do business in an integer manner. I think in
1: the general public very often it's easy to blame banks for supporting money launderers, drug traffickers, etc., and financing some of these criminal organizations. But maybe you could also elaborate a little bit on that and tell the role that compliance and banks together have in combating
0: financial crime. Uh, I think this is very important, Andrew, and this goes to to some extent to the heart of banking business. Okay, If you think about one simple thing. Criminal organizations, they have to pay the bill for, for the rent. They have to pay the bill for the holidays. They have to pay the bill for the school or the kids. They have 24-7 to do so. 24-7. Banks have a different amount of time, and banks have to do a lot of different things. I think it is of essence to encourage and to foster cooperation, not only within the same organization, which is not always a given, unfortunately, but also with other organizations. I do think that when it comes to fighting crime, strong cooperation with FIUs and with other authorities is of essence. And in my experience, this is feasible. This is possible and will bring the completely different and much better level, the capability to detect and to prevent such criminal behaviors.
1: Constant training and developing a strong culture is crucial. And Carlo thinks AI will also play a critical role in advancing effective detection.
0: I do think that AI is a super strong support on this. It's allowed me to, for example, highlight uh, peculiar patterns. I'll just make an example. By doing certain automated checks, we realized that some citizens of some countries were moving their account into another country and then asking to change their nationality to have a different tax treatment. I mean, this is a a crime. If we had not had those tools to detect these uh, peculiar patterns, we would have never detected this. So... Artificial intelligence can help a lot because the information one can gather by properly using and leveraging on artificial intelligence also for the benefit of the board and by definition of the whole company, it's to some extent an uncharted territory but which can be very, very positive for organization and make organization understand the importance of control functions. I would fully agree
1: there needs to be much more data-driven work in compliance, much more analytical work, and also leveraging the capabilities of advanced analytics, AI, and most recently also the Gen AI push. I think there's also more demand coming as we see the crime patterns ever more sophisticated. So how can an organization, a compliance organization, really embrace innovation, artificial intelligence and the likes to do just more, but how can
0: they do more in a smarter way? I think this should be the mantra to support the progressive inclusion and usage of AI and of gen AI. Let's forget for a while the ethical debate around this, which is of essence, which has to be sorted out. I'm not minimizing But if we put this aside just for a while, from the external perspective, the usage of these tools would enable Organizations to discover and to detect patterns, behaviors, and uh, techniques which a human being may not be able to detect. And then think about the internal perspective. The more and the better one organization uses AI or Gen AI, the more it can convert apparently repetitive or quite repetitive job in more value-added jobs. And this will have a a very positive side effect on people, because we are talking about motivation of workers, because people who are maybe a bit uh, bored, if I may, to do always the same kind of things, to apply always the same kind of processes, will be reinvigorated by the possibility to do something else, to apply the ideas which they had no time to develop, and now they will be able to do it thanks to the existence of these new technologies. But if you think about the impacts that uh, AI can have both externally towards the external stakeholders as well as internally for the workers benefiting of it, uh, I mean, I think it's a win-win. Tech's role in the future of compliance is clear, but
1: in Carlo's experience, human oversight in banking relationships is absolutely critical.
0: Another thing that I experienced this was more lessons learned but I deep dive on it very well some companies creating a uh, fake uh, internet sites such as you know trying to mimic amazon or whatsoever trying to sell things and they were done they were created very very well okay so people were attracted by you know special prices of a bike or of a i don't know washing machine or of a pair of AirPods. okay? People were paying the money to the account which was suggested by the site, but then these accounts, after one or two days, were completely emptied by the organization. And you know what? No AirPods, no bike, no washing machine to the buyers, okay? So that was uh, spotable because the speed with which the money were entering and exiting the accounts was uh, suspicious, but even more suspicious was how had the account been opened in the bank without anybody, starting from the relationship manager, questioning the flows and the usage of that account. This was something that triggered a number of internal investigations as well, because you cannot simply blame a tool if the tool is not highlighting something strange. Sometimes, you know, there is a level of uh, human responsibility towards this. And there's a very
1: important underlying point uh, behind what you're saying around criminal activity is quite expensive, right? So criminals do need money to finance their operations, be that to bribe people, to pay uh, the the people that work for them, etc., etc. But also criminals like to spend money. Right From all that activity, you like to buy fancy cars, fancy houses, yards, airplanes, whatever it is, right? And in either of the two scenarios, a lot of money is passing through banks, so I think there's a natural
0: exposure that banks and financial services companies have. And even more, Andrew, if you think about the reduction of the physical presence of the banks, think about the retail branches being progressively shut down. A relationship manager in a branch, if he or she you know, knows the client and all of a sudden sees that the client is coming to the branch with a long black limo, all of a sudden with the driver, all of a sudden with bodyguards, and all of a sudden bringing huge amount of money or doing investment that he or she has never done, that person, i.e. the relationship manager, will be in the best position to question what's going on and possibly to ring the bell, to ring a bell to the headquarter but the less you have retail branches, the more you lose this quote-unquote eye contact with a client. I'm not saying that retail branches must be physical at all costs, don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is that you need to shift, a bank needs to shift the paradigm and the way a relationship manager is working. And that compliance people are at the heart of this. Eh? If they want to be at the heart, they can be at the heart of all this. Absolutely. And I think it's an excellent point
1: because what I'm hearing is that the transformation that happens in banking also introduces new risks or transforms the risks, right? Where uh, also back to your point on AI or data-driven approaches, I think that even more stresses the importance of that because some of the things that the human relationship manager might have seen just from intuition or saying, I know this person, I know the family, it's, it's a small town, we know each other now needs to be picked up in the digital world through different means and different tools.
0: Exactly, exactly. And this, again, is intuitively obvious, but from a practical standpoint, wow, it's a different story. eh? It's a different also way of looking at things from the front up until the back of the financial institution. And across the
1: industries, uh, what would you say organizations need to understand and do in order to make compliance stronger or elevate compliance and make compliance a core pillar of their daily business operations and their daily doings?
0: When I joined one of the banks I worked for, I was going to be nominated Chief Compliance Officer, one of my former peers in a very genuine manner. He asked me, ah, okay, so you must be the new boss, the new head of complication office, right? Well, that was apparently funny, but it was telling you a lot about the way, about how compliance was being considered. But to be honest, I was lucky to be a compliance officer in those years because I saw the change. I saw the change in mentality of uh, peers in the management board. But I think that the distinctive part of it was also changing the mentality of compliance people from uh, kind of. Legal advisors to really business partners. The fundamental thing is that organizations must understand that compliance is not just a department, an office, or a bunch of people that you need to have because otherwise regulators will not be happy. I mean, this is something of the past. I think it's of essence to put the right compliance officers with the right gravitas, courage, and uh, depth of expertise at the helm of the compliance function with clear strategic view then it, one must have properly informed and prepared board members about his, the greatest level of you know, responsibility for a company, whatever the system is, dualistic, mono, traditional, you name it okay? again, being bold courageous, looking at business eye to eye and challenge the status quo, I think it's the backbone to strengthen a proper and effective compliance function. If you had one wish of what can
1: happen in the industry, no limitations, just one wish, what would you wish for to happen across the industries in the next five years?
0: I am a strong believer that being united and being cooperative can make the difference. Also from the regulator's standpoint, uh, an increased level of cooperation, international agencies, capability to uh, exchange flows, losing more and more a very country-centric approach to things. And the same would go also for certain authorities. I think about some police authorities. And if you put these three elements together, industry, regulators, and police authorities, I do think that if this were to happen over the next five years, life of shareholders, of stakeholders, and of a lot of compliance and anti financial crime officers would definitely get better. Carlo, many thanks for being our guest
1: today. Uh, It was really a pleasure to speak to you about your experience. Also, look behind the scenes of uh, some of the work you've done and also your perspective on what needs to transform and what needs to change. Thanks to you. Thanks, everybody. That was my conversation with Carlo Appetiti, banking compliance specialist, and just one of the trailblazers transforming compliance today. How do you think we can elevate compliance? Join the conversation by connecting with us on Spotify, writing a review of the show, or emailing us at bcgoncompliance at bcg.com. And be sure to subscribe to get more insights from industry giants around the globe. I'm Hanyu Seibert, thanks for listening.